We are the clay, and you are the potter. We're all formed by your hand. Welcome, Miss Cecilia Chavez Zoke, as our master potter this morning. You have permission to not look at me, to watch her over here, or when it shows up on the screen over here, to watch and to see what a master potter does. She's been, a pot, she's been throwing clay for over 40 years, and I know that you would think that that's, she's throwing clay since she was a toddler, but she found the clay that she wants to use, and she's prepared it, she's measured it, and she's cut it with an eye toward the finished product, the vision an idea of what the product will be and how it will look and how it will work. She's thrown this clay on the wheel in just a few moments, and that clay will create a firm hold onto the base between the clay and the wheel. And that firm hold allows the master potter to do the work that it needs because a firm foundation needs to be set for the master potter to do its work. Isaiah twenty-nine sixteen, How foolish can you be? He is the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should the created thing say to the one who made it, he didn't make me? Does a jar ever say, the potter who made me is stupid? The potter centers the clay on the wheel, and the potter's hands begin to tell the clay what to do and where to move and how to move about. This takes a lot of time to become a master potter. As a matter of fact, Miss Cecilia said one of the things that she's learned over time is that it takes, most of the time, she has to close her eyes so that she can be one with the clay to shape it and to move it because her eyes will tell lies when her hands can tell her the truth about what the clay is actually doing and how it's being shaped. It takes time to be a master, and master you must become. The potter's hands have been on the clay from the start. But now the wheel begins to turn. As it begins to turn at its fastest speed, the pressure from the potter's hands push the sides of the clay in and pull the clay up and push the clay down until the clay is perfectly centered on the wheel. Only when the clay is centered on the wheel will the potter begin to open the clay and begin to create. Because the clay is centered and has a solid foundation. And is ready for the potter, the master potter, to begin to do their work. Do you ever feel like asking that question of who's really in charge here in the midst of 2020? Have you just asked yourself that question of who is in charge, what in the world is happening? And we're asking the question, God, why God? Why is this happening? And you, we say, we want to be in charge. If I could just be in charge for one day, I would change these things. And it's in those moments that we think that we are the potter when in reality we're the clay. That we can't even see what tomorrow holds. How in the world can we think that we can make it, we can see what the future holds as well? The potter continually reminds us that we are the clay and he is the master shaper. That he has a plan and a purpose for us. That he's not surprised by COVID-19. He's not surprised by social unrest. He's not surprised by all the things that this world has offered us in 2020. And as the master potter, as he's shaping the shape of you and of us, that the hard work and the pain and the resistance that we have been fighting against him and the things that he wants to do, a master potter can see it and feel it and sense it and uses even our resistance 
to shape us into the beautiful creation that the potter has in mind. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. Jeremiah says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine our secret motives. I give people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Now, does God really ever give us exactly what we deserve? No. The master potter will work the clay and continue to work even against resistance and move it because, again, he has a plan for the future for us. He knows exactly how he wants us to impact the world and to do what we're called to do. He's using even our resistance. Are we really due? Does he really give us our due reward? No. Does he really give us what we truly earn? No. God's long-suffering and patience with us is like a potter that picks up the clay, and when it doesn't quite work out like it needs to, they will pick up the clay and reshape it, make it into a big glob again, and throw it back on the wheel and begin to shape the clay into the preferred future and vision that it has for us. God the Father does the same thing with us. There's going to be time after time after time that we're going to mess up and we're going to fail and we're going to fall short. And his long-suffering and patience and kindness with us means that he takes the clay and puts it back together and then allows the master potter to throw the clay back down again and to recenter us and to reestablish our foundation. The foundation is now set and the potter begins to open up the clay to the desired width. The potter then turns their attention to the bottom of the pot, making sure that its foundation can withstand the pressure of the fire that's to come and not crack. Once the foundation is strong enough, the potter pulls upwards on the sides of the clay, applying pressure to the inside and to the outside of the walls, so that depending upon the purpose of the pottery to be that only the potter knows, this may take several pools in different directions and shapes for it to fulfill its purpose. There are times when the clay resists the potter's hands and the vision that they have for the pottery. So they don't throw the clay away. They pick it up, reshape it back together, and throw it back on the wheel. You start over. God starts over with us day after day after day. The long-suffering that he shows with us helps us develop the character and the mind and the heart that he wants for us. That, again, he has this preferred future and vision for us, and he knows exactly what he wants us to do and how he wants us to do it and how we as individuals can point people to Jesus. And only he sees where we can do that. The things that we may call scars are unique beauty marks, that we can tell the story of how God provided healing within us. That even as a potter begins to work, there may be moments where some may seem like a mistake at first, but they begin to work it and shape it so they can be a unique part of that creation. Each one of us in this room have unique parts of our creation where there have been quote-unquote mistakes made that we think that God, the master potter, has made with us. When in reality, that's a part of how he has shaped us and molded us, and again, it's a part of his preferred future. That some of those things that we call mistakes are stories of healing and of restoration. Where we're strong enough to withstand the fire, but we have uniqueness of character. No piece of pottery is exactly the same. They pick up the piece that seems like it's 
resisting, and they place it again and, re- and start over and begin to reshape the potter's toward the potter's preferred future and vision. Sometimes it takes ter- several tries, depending upon the clay's resistance and ability to form the shape that the potter wants. None of us are resistant to God's plans for our lives, are we? The potter continues to work and to shape and to do the things that only the potter's hands can do. Sometimes it takes several tries. Sometimes it may take 50 to 100 tries to get it exactly right. But the master potter's hands knows what's happening within the clay because its hands can feel and shape because it's done it so many times. Even though each piece of clay is unique, they can feel what is happening within the clay. In the final stages, the shaping of the pottery is done by the potter's hands with this initial vision and purpose in mind. And many times this piece needs to rest for a little bit so that it can be strengthened in the right places. So that as the pottery rests, the potter can then, as it begins to strengthen a little bit, can come in and and finish shaping out the pieces that need to be shaped in just the right place, again, for the uniqueness of the look, but also for the purpose. As the potter finishes shaping the pottery on the wheel, the potter cuts off the bottom part and removes it. Because now the unique beauty of the piece is created and ready to be shown. This is where they add handles and carvings and etchings and different colors. So again, that the beauty of that unique piece can be seen even though it may be one of a thousand colanders or one of a thousand flutes or whatever it may be that they're making, but there's uniqueness in each one. The same is true for us is that God has created us uniquely and we all have a unique purpose. And that one time that we look at each other and we think, hey, there's so much I want, about some, I want to be that someone else has. And God says, I've created you for a unique purpose. Rest in that. Allow me to strengthen you and to bring you to the right, correct, exact place that I need you to be. We look at this idea of Potter in Jeremiah chapter 18. The, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And one of the things that Jeremiah was asking is, why God? God, why is all of this happening in this season of why, when I'm here as a preacher and a prophet? And as he asked that question in his own private time, God said, I want you to go down to the south part of the city where the artists reside. And I want you to see, sit and to watch the potters work. I will speak to you there. It's an interesting place for God to direct Jeremiah to go, but it's interesting as well that how many times does God speak to us in the most unique of places? It may be in your car. It may be while you're working on something in the house. It may be while you're talking to your kids. It could be while you're just driving along. God speaks to us in the deep recesses of our heart in the most unique places. And here Jeremiah is in his private time, and God says, listen, I want to teach you something deep by just go sitting and watching the potter's work. That's a place that he's gone by thousands of times before, and he's seen the potter's work, but God says, I want you to just sit and watch and, and compare how I work compared to the potter. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 says this, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So what I did is he told me, and I found the potter working at his will. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he hoped. 
So there is the second chances that we're all offered, that as a potter begins to shape, the, they see it, and then all of a sudden they take it and they pick it up and they throw it down again and try over and over and over again. The first thing that I want you to get from Jeremiah is this, is that God shapes us according to his plan. He doesn't give up on us. That it may not work out first as he had hoped, but he continues to mold and to shape because our natural desire and our natural thing that we do as humans is we resist God's plan and we resist what he's doing within us because it hurts. It's not what we want sometimes, and so he continues to mold and to shape us. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah tells us about this in Jeremiah 29, 11, a little bit further on. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. In other words, God shapes us according to his plan. That means he doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. When he created you, he did not make a mistake. He did not make junk. He made a -a one-of-a-kind, perfect piece of art according to his plan and to his purpose. In Philippians 1.16, For I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is fully finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That the work of God never stops. That he has a plan for you and he's shaping you and molding you. And he is not done with you until time is done. You may be a hundred years old, but as long as you're walking the earth, God the potter is shaping the clay because he has a purpose for you. He never gives up on shaping the character and the heart and the mind of his children. Because he has a plan and a purpose to point people to Jesus. But the jar that the potter was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of a clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do unto you as this potter has done unto this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in mine. So not only does the potter God create us and shape us with a plan, but he also offers us many second chances. Not just one second chance, not just two second chances, but hundreds of second chances to do it over and over and over again. That as we are shaped, that there's those moments where we just kind of do our own agenda and try to do our own thing, and God just snatches us up, puts us back together, and throws us back on the wheel, and he centers us off the wheel again for us to find the foundation, to find center, so that he can do the work that only he can do. And that comes with many multiple second chances. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. Again, that he does not make junk. That word masterpiece, we get our word poem from. That it's this unique, one-of-a-kind piece of artwork. And that when he created you, he had a unique vision. That he had his eyes set on your days and the things that you would accomplish and do for him and through him. He had those in his eyes before when he created the one-of-a-kind piece of art that you are. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. That literally in that moment that we said yes to Jesus, there's this stuff that you can put in clay to make it stronger and manipulate it. He put new substance into us. And that we understand from the New Testament, from Scripture, that whenever we say yes to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is put inside of us, there's a new substance within us that allows our heart and our appetite to see things and to taste and to view things rapidly different than what we did before. 
where maybe before we were resistant to the potter's hands, now because of the Holy Spirit we understand that the potter's hands, even though it may be difficult, they're loving hands of correction and of discipline. For you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. The master potter is a master planner. He knows your days and he has things planned for you and that the only way that he can accomplish the things that he wants to do through you is if you submit to the potter's hands and let him shape you according to the plan he has for you. That we miss out on so much because we're resistant to the potter's hands and what the potter wants to do with us. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Paul reminds us, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you. This is a beautiful picture of a dynamite that has an extremely long fuse. That God's patience and loving kindness for us and his tolerance with us is one that he has the ability in his righteous anger, the moment that we fall righteously, he has the right to take us out. But in his long suffering with us, his kindness, his tolerance, and his patience with us, he continues to take up the clay and to reshape it and to throw it down and to recenter us. Time after time after time before, so that he can fulfill us and shape us into the plan and the purpose that he has for us. For you see, God doesn't make junk. God doesn't give up. God doesn't do halfway on anything. When he sees you, he sees a masterpiece, and he says, I will continue to work until they fully submit themselves so they can understand that I have a great and awesome plan for them. But it takes chance after chance after chance. God's long-suffering for us. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it's his kindness that intended to turn you from your sin? That it's his long-suffering and kindness with us that actually turns our heart's affection and attention to him because we understand that he wants to shape us and mold us and have a purpose for us. So when we repent, it turns us and submits us to the potter's hands and the work that he wants to do. Verse 7 of Jeremiah 18, it says, If I announce, this is God talking, If I announce that a certain nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed, but then that nation renounces its, it renounces its evil ways. I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. Here in this, that, J, that God can, he has a plan and that God is a God of second chances and that also God changes his mind. That he has an opportunity again to, to righteously fulfill his anger and his wrath in the right way. But when we turn from our wicked ways, when we turn and say, God, I submit to the potter's hands. He says, I will change my mind from destroying and throwing the pottery onto the trash heap to continuing to work and to shape your heart and your soul and your mind. It's the long suffering. That word naham that sits before us is one of I relent. That, that, that because of God's character that he's pushing toward this righteousness of, of doing something with us because of our repetitive sin, but that in that moment that we repent, that we are going one direction and turn in the other direction, he relents. And it's again because of the character of his long-suffering and patience with us. 
because we're a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. And he's going to work with us as long as he can possibly work with us until we decide at some point that we no longer want him to deal with us ever again. And in those moments, he'll set us aside out of our choice, not out of the potter's. God is the potter, and we are the clay. He can and he will form us according to his plans. This morning, as you've watched Miss Cecilia do her work, the work of a master potter, it's mesmerizing to sit and watch the clay turn in the hands of a potter shape and mold and to pull up and to pull down. And from seemingly nothing, all of a sudden you see the shapes of a wall of a pot or a bowl or, or whatever is there. And to begin to see that you can see purpose in the work of the potter's hands. And what I pray for us is that we would see what's happening here through Miss Cecilia that you would see in yourself. Is that God has started with something like a lump of clay And through his work and through the intention of his hands, he had a plan. He has a plan and a purpose. And as you begin to just submit to his work, and even through the pulling and the shaping, that sometimes it's painful and you don't fully understand what's happening, that you begin to see the purposes he has for you. A purpose that only you can fulfill. A plan that only is for you. You're a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. Don't settle for being junk. Settle for being a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece that can change the world by pointing people to Jesus. This morning, we're going to open up the altar. It's not something we do a whole lot around here, but we just want to give you a time. A time to literally just say, I need to submit my heart, my soul, my mind. It's been a crazy year, and I've resisted in, in different ways. And God, I know that even during all of this, when I question that you as the master potter are wanting to work and to shape me so that I can fulfill the purpose that you have for me. That even some of the etchings and even some of the things that I would say are, are mess ups that God has made into beauty marks and has served a purpose. That for you, maybe this morning, that as this altar is open, that it's a time for you just to, to come forward and to pray. You can stay where you're at and just say, God, I today, I want to submit my heart and my soul to you. You are the potter. I am the clay. May you shape me for your purpose. Let's pray together. Father, we confess that so many times we want to be in control. That we don't like the way that you're shaping us. Maybe we don't understand it. Maybe we don't like the pain or what we consider pain or the suffering or that we're just not getting our way. Or that we look at our neighbors around us and they seemingly have more or have something that we want and you haven't granted us that request yet. And so we think that if we could just be God for a day, we would have all those things. Father, I pray that this morning, that through this time, that we would just be reminded in the craziness of the season, one, you're in control. You do not make mistakes. That even when we question you, you have made us a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. You do not make junk. 
and that you've created us for a purpose, a holy purpose. Father, may we submit to that. May we rejoice in that. May we live in that. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Stand with me. Josh continues to play over us. You just close your eyes and bow your heads and just pray with me. Heavenly Father, we want you to shape us. We want you to mold us. Father, you have created us and set us aside for holy purposes and holy attentions. And so many times we put ourselves and see ourselves in the clearance rack because we're not much of anything. We've bought that lie. Father, may you resignate the truth in the souls of your people, in the minds of your people, in the hearts of your people this morning, that you do not make junk. You do not make mistakes. That you create with a purpose and a vision and a plan and that you continue to work on us and through us until you are done. And on that day when Christ returns is when you will be done. So Father, that our part in that is to submit and to let you work and to create and to maybe ask questions along the way of God, why do I have this spout and handles and Susie doesn't? And he's going to say, because I want to pour you out. Susie's going to do something different. But that doesn't mean that pouring out is less valuable and less holy than someone else's call, someone else's plan, someone else's shape. Because you are a one of a kind masterpiece. You are the potter, I am the clay. You do not make mistakes. Father, may we just allow you to center us on the wheel and create a firm foundation so that as the wheel of life turns, that your hands that know us intimately, that you know our strengths, you know our weaknesses, you know the possible fault lines, that your hands 
just work the clay to beauty and strength and purpose like we could never imagine. And that, Father, that the end of our days, that people will look back on our lives and say, what a creation God did through their life. And that, Father, that of each one of us in this room, that if we're pictures to be poured out, that we would pour out with great energy and purpose. Lord, as parents and as grandparents, you've called us to come alongside of you and to shape the hearts and minds of our children and our grandchildren. Father, would you give us the courage to shape and to mold and to do the hard work of shaping and molding even when it's inconvenient for us as parents and grandparents. That, Father, that sometimes a a weekend grounding of your kids feels like a weekend grounding for us. But, Father, that those things shape the heart and soul and the, the eternal significance of guiding and directing your children and your grandchildren in the faith is more important than my own agenda. So, Father, may we submit. May we let you throw our clay down again on the wheel time after time after time. And let you do your work. Continue to pull and push and work and do what you need to do for a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. In your son's name that we pray. Amen.